0: Welcome to a Pro-A-V Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Fresh off winning a Vix's Women in AV Award, Samantha Phoenix, Vice President of Research and Development for Planar, joins us today to talk about women in AV, how video walls are helping make emerging tech more accessible and ubiquitous, and about the overall future of the industry. How are you doing, Samantha?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for joining us today. So to start off, can you just tell us a little bit about what you do as VP of R&D?
1: sure sure so um i'm responsible for our international uh business groups research and development organization um and so and all that that entails um as well as partnering with um our uh, vice president of product marketing steve seminario on our um, long-term product strategy and our technology roadmap
0: right so can you contextualize that a little bit for us and maybe give us an example of of your day-to-day or or what you're actively trying to do for Planer? Oh,
1: that's a good question. It really depends on what's going on. Um, lately, my day to day has has often been on a plane. Um, I have a widely distributed team. Um, so there's some folks in uh, in France, as well as the you know the guys here at headquarters in Oregon, um, also in um, in Beijing, in China, and then we just recently acquired Ivis, who are based in Germany. That's a German AV company, and so I have some I have some folks there now too. So a lot of travel lately. Um, the day to day work, um, aside from uh, just making sure that my organization is functioning, um, and I'm blessed to have you know a great team of of, of people who know exactly what they should be doing, um, is really looking at. Uh, what's happening in the industry? What technologies are happening, uh, advances are happening in adjacent industries? And then what does that mean for us? What does that mean for our products? What are what are our competition doing? Um, meeting with customers, hearing about the, the problems that they're facing and how their industries are evolving so that we can sort of feed the pipeline of innovation for future.
0: Interesting. So recently, you were awarded a Women in AV Award. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and, and what that award meant to you?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, it was it was a little bit uh, of a surprise, but such a great honor to be recognized by um, Avixa. Uh, I've only been in the AV industry for um, about four and a half years. I've worked in displays my whole career, so over 20, um, in various different um in markets everything from medical to air traffic control but specifically AV is, is it's still fairly new for me um, so I was I was very honored by the the recognition by the uh, Avixa awards committee
0: so. so what what was the committee recognizing specifically was it just your general excellence in the industry or or how did how, how did how was it worded
1: uh, yeah so there's a there's actually a whole slew of different awards that Avixa um, uh, Puts out um, on an annual basis as part of the infocom show um, and they do they do actually have awards for for other regional shows as well um, but the uh, women in Avixa uh, uh, women in AV Avixa award um, and, and it's not just there's not just one person that can it's multiple people can can be awarded that um, is really recognizing people for their leadership. Um, for being able to develop, you know, a career within the AV industry and be successful, um, so that's that's what they're recognizing. And, and I think, as a woman, um, we often don't see other women in peer roles. And so the awesome thing about this recognition is, is younger women who are maybe starting in their careers or, or maybe haven't even approached their careers yet. Um, hopefully, they they see people like me and my and my fellow ward Winners as oh yeah a woman can be vice president of research and development it's a technical role um, and maybe that'll help guide their aspirations you know if you can't see it you can't be it
0: right of course of course and I mean first of all congratulations thank you Um, but but second of all I'm curious at least in your time in the industry have you been able to see a a difference in the amount of women working in in the industry has it has it increased have you seen any changes or, or, or trends
1: um, I have not seen it increase. <laughs> I wish I wish I could say differently, but I have not. Um, I do think there's a lot more attention being played um, being paid to it, and that's that's such a positive step. And I think some of that has to do with um, you know some of the other things that are happening in our world. Um, you know, between the Me Too movement and the um, you know equitable pay movement, there's a, a nonprofit called Ladies Get Paid. Um, you know what we're seeing in the movie industry for for equity and diversity, I think there's just more attention being paid, and um, I'm hoping that all those efforts will uh, will result in, in a shift, and when we will see, um, you know, more women and, and more people of diversity, uh, diverse backgrounds um, in in all industries, not just AV. Uh, actually, info uh, at InfoCon this year, we, we uh, had the first meeting of the diversity council, um, which Evixar recently set up. Um, so again, trying to address a similar adjacent uh, issue. So that's exciting. And I hope that there won't be a need for I, I hope there won't be a, a need for a, a women in Navy award. It'll just be a person in Navy award um, at some point because that would that would be uh, to me that that would be the ultimate
0: so. right. Well, I mean, it's good that you're seeing some at least uh, effort being put right in, into changing it if you're if you're not yet seeing the changes.
1: Yeah, I think lots of, uh, you know, aside from just like general society is recognizing that this is a problem and it should be addressed. I think lots of you can see on the enterprise level, companies are recognizing that um, in order to be competitive, you have to be innovative. And in order to be innovative, um, having a diverse set of people sitting around the table really supports that competitive edge. And so you see companies like, you know, like Intel, um, like uh, like Google, like Nike. Um, appointing, uh, you know, vice presidents of diversity or chief diversity officers and really focusing on on um, on that point.
0: Of course, of course. So getting back to some of the work you're you're doing, what are some of the obstacles you've seen in integrating some of these products or, or some of the tech you're working on into the marketplace?
1: The market's moving very, I think, very quickly. Technology moves fast. Um, and I you know when people uh, people are people right and they have their personal lives and their business lives and when you see the this huge rate of progression in consumer technology things that are used for gaming for example or you know even just down to our mobile phones um, like that's actually that's a good example let's talk about that let's look at our smartphones and the amount of processing power that's in our pockets and the beautiful displays that are integrated into those. they you know OLED displays are being used widely now in, in wearables and, and smartphones. And OLEDs have um, a wider color gamut than LCD, which is the traditional sort of flat panel um, display. And so you, you start to see people who are making purchasing decisions. Looking at these commercial displays, uh, you know, maybe a large video wall that's made up of tiled LCD, I'm wondering to themselves, why does it not look as sharp or why does it not look as colorful as the smartphone in my pocket? Um, and so, just educating, uh, you know, the differences between consumer technology and commercial technology and the different um, constraints there are, and then also just pushing on the innovation side to get better performance for uh, these commercial applications.
0: So do you do you think there's been uh you know a, a, as consumers generally have have been forced to becoming more tech savvy with just more and more technology penetrating different parts of their lives, has that changed the approach in 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 how you view adoption now? Uh at, at least in a general sense?
1: I don't know about adoption. I do think that AV is everywhere. <laughs> um and you know we see that like we have that's part of the, the notion behind Infocom rebranding as a VIXA with the integrated experiences. These integrated experiences are, are becoming more and more part of our everyday lives. And so AV is everywhere now. Um, but I think you you hit on a key point too, like these tech savvy consumers or, or consumers of technology, you know, because it's part of our everyday lives, our expectations for The commercial technology, the tools that we use in our work are different. And, um, you know, somebody who maybe 10 years ago uh, didn't work in the tech industry, uh, maybe didn't even have a Blackberry, didn't have a smartphone, um, wouldn't have walked into a meeting room and expected to be able to uh, do what we're doing right now, for example, do a podcast without having some specialist technical support set everything up for them. But today, you sent me a link, I clicked on it, and we're connected, and now we're doing a podcast. And we would expect that, right? We would expect that from this commercial tool, that the service that you guys are subscribing to, it should be just a click. I shouldn't need a technical person to come into the room and kind of set me all up and make sure I have the right microphone and speakers and, and software and hardware and, and all those pieces. And I think you see that in the commercial world, just we've got iot devices in our houses we have smartphones in our pockets and we are um, able to interact with those those devices easily because the user interface and the way that the integration is has been implemented It, it is easy it is and should be easy otherwise we won't do it and we expect those same ease of use um and user experience in our in our commercial products as well
0: right so you talked a little bit about video walls and now we're kind of talking about how tech is being you know is more and more ubiquitous what do you think video walls are doing to to help make some of this tech more ubiquitous or or are there any specific examples you can think of of uh, video wall solutions that are kind of helping push technology out into the world
1: um yeah so what i you know from the planar liard perspective um one of the things that we have been doing is increasing the amount of uh video processing and sort of smarts in our video wall that just comes with the wall. And you don't have to buy extra processors, you don't have to buy extra switchers. It's, it just comes with the wall. And I think that's an expectation that um that we saw from from the market and from our customers, but it's also a natural progression for, for our matrix architecture, um, which always had a li- you know, always had a little bit of a a different tact from the sort of traditional tiled uh, video wall uh, display um, and we have now taken that um, approach and applied it to uh, direct view LED which is rapidly becoming adopted um, as the sort of base uh, video wall technology of course uh, you know LCDs have been around for a while and it, and it it definitely has a place and we continue to invest in that in that technology but we're seeing a as the prices have come down and the pitches have come down on LED, we've seen more and more people start to adopt um, direct view LED as a uh, as a video wall technology. It's beautiful. The color the color gamma is, is phenomenal. It's very the luminance is 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 very good. Um, and taking that same sort of integrated solution where you have um, you know sources, installation, monitoring, um, source management, uh, integrated as part of your video wall. So you buy a product, and it's it's kind of like a video wall in a box, I guess. Um, just just comes with, and that's that's a little bit of a shift. Um, historically, especially on the LED side, you really just were buying a screen, um, a big billboard or whatever, and you would have to like build a system around that screen in order to get the content up there and, and manage it. But I'm seeing more and more um, integration, and, and I hope hopefully we're leading the the way there
0: right so with uh, with other with you know other parts of this technology you know like we can talk about touch technology or or when we look at the future with light field displays do you think do you think we're at the pace we're going do you think it's 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 we're moving faster or or slower than i think uh you know than we might have thought 10 years ago especially i guess we could also bring up vr and in and, and uh ar uh technology too
1: i i think faster um i, I mean I, I really think that the pace has, has is has increased maybe i'm just getting older but if it certainly feels faster um than we would have expected and again seeing some of these uh, sort of consumer experiences really drive in the commercial world uh you know when i think vr has been a the dream of VR has been around for, for many years, but I think a lot of people always just assumed it was kind of this niche gaming use case. But as, as commercial applications become, uh, you know, people start to see the commercial value. We see our real world in 3D. It's an immersive experience when we walk through our lives every day. And so being able to consume whatever content that's been generated electronically in that same with those same senses in that same way um, is more natural for us, and it allows us to learn more quickly. It allows us to make decisions more quickly. It allows us to collaborate uh, better. And I think that the 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 RO, the commercial ROI is, is starting to become apparent. So you're starting to see these mixed reality, augmented reality, virtual reality experiences become um, adopted in a commercial way that maybe we wouldn't have anticipated.
0: Right. Before. So so with that said and and kind of expanding on that, my, my last question for you is as a leader in this industry, what what do you see on the horizon? What are you excited for and, and what are you not excited for?
1: <laughs> um, I'm I'm really excited about the advances because I'm a display geek and, and that's what I've I've done on my whole career. I'm obviously very focused on that that area and I'm super excited about some of the technology advances that we're seeing in the display space. You know, everything from micro LED. Where um, you have extremely small pixels that have got you know this beautiful color gamut and are very bright that allow you to make very dense displays, um, which which will you know take the VR headset thing sort of forward, um, but also have implications for large scale displays because they 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 have implications for how you could build really a light field display, so a, a true uh, holographic display, which again the idea of being able to um, share the 3D holographic content as a, as a group with a large video wall, rather than having to put a headset on and maybe not be in such a shared environment um, is, is super exciting, I think.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us, Samantha. I, I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much. It's been great.
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content for your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have a good day.